Hello, everybody. It's Sarah. And Narelle. Your hopeless but not truthless Bravo recappers. Please help a couple of hopeless girls out and click that subscribe button. You can also follow us on TikTok, Insta, and Twitter at Hopeless Not Truthless Pod. And we'll talk to you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome back for another week. This week, we're going to be recapping three friggin' shows. We've got Atlanta. We've got Sonia and Luann do Crappy Lake, which I loved. Did you like it, Sarah? I love, love, love it. (laughs) It is so refreshing. Yes. I'm just beyond excited about it. It's what we need. A palate cleanser, baby. Yeah. Oh my God, that's exactly what it is. And I'm stoked to have my girls back on my screen again. Like I know, I think on the 16th, we've got the reboot of our Honey. Yep. I can't say I'm that excited for it. Like I just feel like I'm going to miss, you know, old school New York, but we've got Sonia and Luann. Like that's, that's enough for me. We're lucky. I love the show. I cannot wait to pick your brain about it and get into that. So we've got Atlanta. We've got Crappy Lake. And we've also got OC. And I mean, we are swimming in things to talk about here. I did have some news items I wanted to tell you about first, though, in VPR news. So I know I texted you like a couple nights ago and I was like, oh, my God, Raquel signed her contract. They found her. They tracked her down. But then I read... Uh that it has been confirmed she has not signed her contract. I read that too. Did you? Yeah, I read it the next day and I'm like, Narelle, what? Her team is claiming that Raquel's mental health needs to kind of be the most important factor about whether she's returning. Simultaneously, I think it's more about holding Bravo's balls in a vice grip because she is demanding more money. The expectation, though, seems to be that when the cast heads to Lake Tahoe next week for a group trip, she's going to be there to film, too. So she's coming back. It's all about money. And honestly, I kind of, you can't fault her for that. I can't either. She's got them held hostage right now. I mean, come on. She probably deserves more more than she has ever gotten, but... On the other hand, don't claim it's about mental health while you're actually just trying to squeeze every last penny out of Bravo. Like, really? I hate that. Totally. It's annoying, but... Yeah, like, fuck off. Get it, girl, I guess. Yeah, go for it. At this point. The next news item, uh, Kim and Croy have paused their divorce. This is kind of old news. We probably all know about it by now. They're claiming that they've reconciled. I don't really believe that they have, though. I kind of think more along the lines that the cost of divorce and lawyers and all of that while they're going through like what bankruptcy and everything became too much. So they're like, oh, never mind. We'll stay married. I love you again. Let's go to church publicly. That's where they belong, actually. Church. Yes. Good. Go. (laughs) Did they go to church? Yes. Yes. They were spotted at church together as a family. Shut your mouth. Seriously, that's how they kind of broke the news. I I have no words. I don't care. Eye roll. All the all the bad emojis insert here. Yeah, it's so gross to me. And we we all know that Kim showed up on Atlanta this week, so we'll be talking about that mm-hmm. a little bit coming up. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, 
I wanted to mention to you that filming of Beverly Hills picked back up again. So they did a whole VPR thing where, you know, the season wrapped and everything got shut down. And then Kyle and Mauricio released their little statements and everything. And now cameras are being picked back up. I wanted to ask you, do you think, because now I'm thinking, is this orchestrated by Kyle? She's basically copying what just happened on VPR. I would hope Kyle could never do this. Come on. Oh, maybe. I know. I know. But it's just so coincidental, Narelle. It is. She would absolutely be annoyed that, you know, Lisa Vanderpump. Totally. Had this like new hit on her hands and stuff. And now it just seems like she's walking in the footsteps and copycatting oh i don't know what to think um there needs to be a genuine moment there i think vanderpump almost got i mean we were all captivated by it but like the authenticity of the whole thing wasn't overly there i think for a lot of us but hopefully with this storyline if it is you know if it, I just want it to be real or not real. You know, give just tell us the truth. We're not stupid. Exactly. And I don't know if Kyle can do that. Hot damn. Yeah, there's a lot happening. I, oh, oh, baby. Narelle, should we start with Atlanta this week and kind of, I hate to say it, get it out of the way? No, I love to say that because I want to get it out of the way and talk about the interesting shows. So save the best for last. Absolutely. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so we start the show off right away. Sheree is getting herself some acupuncture. I don't know about you guys. I have gotten acupuncture before and I friggin' love it. I really miss getting it. I should get some more. So she's hoping to that it's going to help her get rid of her fibroids, though. Um, I guess she wants more of like a a holistical kind of approach to that. Oh, I do not want to judge anyone's holistic journey, but, and I totally appreciate a good holistic approach, but I don't know if I would personally mess around with fibroids, but hey, teach their own. I do think all of these things in addition to surgery maybe would be very beneficial. I do hope it works for her. But with the rate of how this acupuncture session is going, she may be in trouble. Like, I have never had acupuncture, Narelle, but uh, does it hurt as much as Sheree's making it out to appear? It did feel different than what I expected okay. it to feel like, for sure. But it didn't hurt. <laughs> it's not painful. It's actually really relaxing. <laughs> oh, oh, I know you have a lot of problems with, like, migraines and headache. Yes. You should try acupuncture. I think it would like really help you. I think I will. Just you walk out of there. You feel stoned afterwards. I've heard that. It's great. Yeah. Okay. And so the next we're with Marlo and she spills the details on her date with Scott Lee, which seems like it went really well. (laughs) Her fake date. I was crying laughing looking at her reply to his text, abbreviating good morning to GM. I was like, Marla, how lazy are you, you fool? Like, her reply seems super distant to me. Like, she's trying to play the game a little too hard. Like, again, if any of this was real, I would say Marlo does not have game. <laughs> I don't think she does either. And I did not catch the text. 
GM is amazing. That's how I'm going to greet you every day from now on. Please. So then next, Sonia is getting some stuff ready for her upcoming Mommy Nation charity event. She's going to set a a goal for herself. She's going to raise $50,000. Turns out, though, that the auctioneer has COVID last minute. And then her people suggest Kenya to fill in, which is kind of weird. At first, I was like, how do they... Are they friends with Kenya as well? Or I guess they've met her. It seemed weird. Like, it seemed like they planned that. Oh, I totally think they did. And, you know, Kenya's so famous that, of course, everyone knows Kenya. She, I kind of died when Sanya's like, uh, when they were kind of, her team members were like boosting up Kenya. She's got a big personality. She's like, so do I. So do I. And I'm like, "Oh, oh, my God, stop it. Like you don't have a big personality if you're telling everyone you do okay i have a quick question for you neural what is mummy nation did i just like blank this whole thing out of my brain like what happened am i in the matrix like i have no idea what mummy nation is i keep hearing about it but i don't know i don't think you blanked out i think she probably talked about it for probably a really long time and neither of us paid attention (laughs) It's her brand. Okay. Like, so I know she's got like merch. Uh-huh. I know that she's got like, I think Mommy Nation must be like, uh, they've created a community. Sure. Maybe. I'm making this up as I go along. I have no idea. Mommy Nation could be an actual thing. They do something like raising money. She's raising money at the charity for underprivileged yeah. moms. Yeah. Yeah, 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 which is um, amazing. So maybe Mommy Nation is just like a... A mommy support group? Yeah, okay. We'll have to delve into it. Next, we've got Kenya rehearsing for her Kenya Moore hair care commercial, where she's going to reuse Moneta's choreography from the halftime show where Kenya faked an emergency illness to get out of. Then the man she's seeing, Roy, shows up. Kenya discusses how hard he is to pin down and the way his eyes are like rolling all over the room, looking at everything except for Kenya. I don't think she's wrong. I can absolutely see I'm getting a vibe from him already. Then as soon as he arrives, he leaves. Oh my goodness. This was so awkward. Honestly, I'm going to say something. This is going to be unpopular probably, but I hate seeing Kenya around men. Men she likes, men she's interested in, it gives me the egg. This dude won't even look her in the eye. He's looking up at Moneta way more. I felt like he was hired to be there. It feels like he's checking out an investment property and not there to support his, I don't know, girlfriend. I don't know. Maybe he's there for free advertising. I think it sounded or it seemed as if he was there just to deliver the food like an Uber driver, Uber Eats. It was so awkward and he would not look at her. He didn't show her any affection. The whole thing with Brooklyn seemed so staged. Like she has such bad taste in dudes. What you said, like you hit the nail on the head. It's not actually that you don't like seeing her with men. I think it's that the men she chooses Mm -hmm. to be with give you the ick because they never treat her the way she deserves to be treated they don't treat any women the way they deserve to be treated and yet she's still giving them that respect and that love and that's what gives you the ick i don't think it's 
Kenya herself. It's like like it's not Kenya, but it's how the <laughs> the more they are disinterested, the more she acts desperate, and it's so brutal to watch. Ding, ding, ding. That's exactly what it is. Oh, Narelle, can we all just admit that no one has ever sang the Kenny Moore hair hair care chant in public when they see Kenya? Come on. Like, babe. I mean, I just did it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, damn. (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't think she would be singing it herself over and over again on every single episode if it was that popular. (laughs) She's trying to make it a thing, and I don't think it's going to be a thing. So then after Roy leaves, Sonia calls to invite Kenya to be part of her auction. Kenya is, like, super gracious and quickly agrees to it. But then after she points out in a confessional how irritating it is that Sonia isn't going through her agent. Like, this is the second time Sonia's asked her to do something, and she's just asked Kenya. You know, like you would ask a friend to do a favor for you. She's not going through the agent. I'm sure it's got something to do with the fact that she isn't trying to book Kenya or pay her. She's just asking a friend to do a favor. The woman gets her hair done by her sister, for God's sake. She is not paying Kenya, all right? Like... Oh my god, I can't. I can't with I can't with Sanya. But also Kenya. So Kenya seems to be like very flattered to be asked. She's like, oh, and she kind of in the moment let her ego trump her desire for a paycheck. So whatever. She's kind of asking for it at this point because she just loves being loved. Next, we've got Drew with her mom and sister, and they're on the couch. Drew admits to her sister that she didn't realize how much Allison had been doing for her when she was her manager. Now that she's doing it all on her own, and it's a lot. Her sister breaking down about some of the things she went through during her mental health break, being admitted into a psych hospital, and all of the abuse that she had to suffer in there. Like, this really fucking got me. I have a a very close family member who spent the entirety of COVID inside of a psych ward. And until you know someone who's lived through that, you don't really know how how, dark and how hard that situation can really be. I have an immense amount of respect for Allison. I really do hope we see more of her. I kind of feel a little bit protective or like I have an icky feeling that Drew's brought her back into the house with Ralph. At this point in her mental health journey, I don't really think that's a great idea. And I worry it's just too so- like it's too soon for someone to be around that kind of toxic mm-hmm. environment. It was a really hard scene to watch. And when Drew said to her, like, this is your vacation now. Like, wow, Drew, you are so insensitive. Your sister needed to have a mental breakdown and be reluctantly invited to your house. With your disgusting husband who hates her, and you joke, this is a vacation? Like, fuck you, Drew. And I am so blown away by Allison being so open, sharing her story. Like, what an incredible human. I know she's going to connect to a lot of people. COVID was dark for so many. And, you know, I I thought this woman must be suffering the most severe burnout. All of those years working her ass off for her sister and having that abruptly stop during COVID, like that must have really opened up the time for her to allow herself to start thinking about all that unhealed trauma and 
it definitely took its toll on her. It's so heartbreaking. That's such a good point. It's not until we slow down that we really have that opportunity for things to like catch up and crash into us and take us down. I just wish that Drew was a little bit more in tune with that aspect of it. Doesn't seem to be so far, but... I honestly feel like Drew is just such a fake. So far, I agree. Next, we're going to go over to dinner. We've got Sheree, Lisa, Dijon, and Kim Zolciak is back. Uh, Side note, did Sheree look different to you in this confessional? And was this like a new confessional outfit or did I just not notice it before? I'm specifically talking about the purple dress and the face. I've never seen the Sheree face before. It was new, was it not? Oh, it was new. And honestly, I hate to say this. I don't think it looks good. No. No. I was sh- I was a little bit shocked. <laughs> I was a little bit. Real bad. Like real, real bad. Real bad. You're right. <laughs> it's real bad. It's like Khloe Kardashian bad. Yeah. Narelle, I was thinking maybe Sheree opted for a holistic facelift or something. <laughs> she almost looked like Drew. There's real Drew vibes. Totally. I keep seeing people say that everywhere. And I'm like, she does look like Drew. Anyways, back to the back to the show here. Where was I? So basically dinner consists of, you know, Kim talking about how great her and Croy are doing and how she has no money issues at all. And everything's great and everything's perfect. I also found it amusing that Sheree comments about how great it is to be such good friends with these ladies after everything they've been through over the years, but then mentions to them, oh, by the way, I'm a grandma. Did I tell you guys? Like, it's obvious you don't actually talk to these women. Uh, I, I don't know. So I have no recollection of Lisa or Deshaun at all, and I feel like such an asshole about it. I laughed so hard when Kim said, you know, I have good genes from my mother. And I felt like saying, honey, we cannot tell if you have good genes, but nice try. Portugal. I'm excited to see the ladies on the Portugal trip. Oh, man, Kim is so awful. She's good. You know what I mean, Narelle? Like she, she shaded Candy. She shaded Kenya. There's just all in just, you know, a five minute clip, you know? So she's very good and professional at turning the storyline back around to herself. I mean, and she also gets in that little dig about Candy, like how if they, I think they hugged at Portia's wedding, but it doesn't mean anything to her. Yeah. And so did Candy sue Kim? That's what I heard. Like, that must have been so awkward. A very, very awkward situation. I, I don't know. I don't. Would you want Kim to come back? No. I don't think I do. No. No. It's too much of the Kim show. Yeah. It's not a good show to watch either. No, no. It's, ugh, no. Then we've got Sonia getting her hair done by her sister, who is annoyed as fuck to be on camera. She seems to express herself pretty well, though. And I'm not going to lie, if you're going to expect me to be somewhere... Even if I'm your employee and you expect me to be there at a certain time, you better book me for that time. Like, tell me I need to be there. Don't get annoyed at me for not showing up to do your damn hair if you didn't tell me you need your damn hair done. But to her credit, Sonia is actually visibly shaken by this and you can see that she sees the truth in her sister's words. 
Oh, man. Poor Shezzy. I felt so bad for her because she didn't even have time to get camera ready. I would be livid. Sanya, hire a stylist. For the love of God, if you want your sister to be a part of this event, give her a break too. Sanya is kind of joking at this point, like blaming living together and working together on this situation. But honestly, I'm holding Sanya to task here. It is your shitty communication. I know you're busy, but it's a lack of respect and it kind of bothers me. A hundred percent. And the way that she always tries to blame her family members. Yes. That would drive me nuts. Like this was your fault. Yes. I would be here, but you didn't tell me to be here. And then I got here and I'm like wearing fucking sweatpants. You didn't tell me I was going to be on camera. Like that's just not professional. So pissed. So the ladies start arriving for the auction. Kenya is late because she's pissed to hear that there's no room for her plus one at the table. Kenya is the worst. I've had an emergency all day. All because she may be separated by her plus one. So that is why she's saying she's like, okay, like I hate Kenya's attitude so much. But I also kind of think Sanya should have made provisions for this. Again, total lack of respect. If you're calling in Kenya for a favor, make it nice for her, you know? Like give her an important seat, an important table, say you can bring whoever you want. Yes. Bottle of champagne when you get there, like... Yes, you roll out the red carpet for someone who's doing you a favor. She's hosting the whole freaking show for you, like or show, charity, auction, event, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they are, all the ladies are discussing Marla's date next and her working <laughs> that I have talked about in a few episodes now. So it turns out Miss Marlowe has acid reflux. <laughs> So I feel a little bad for all of the comments I've made in the past, but also not, because I think that there are other ways to handle acid reflux. Drew shows up an hour and 15 minutes late, and Kenya is still not there. How was Sanya still sitting there like, oh, no big deal? I would have been up there on that fucking stage after like 15 minutes. I'm not going to make everybody wait. Oh my god, the horking. That was wild. Like, honey, get some Nexium or some Pepsi AC all up in there because, oh, damn. So I was laughing when they were all talking about like what kind of man Marlo would date. And they all said Marlo has to date a rich man. Do you think Scott Lee is rich, Narelle? <laughs> I mean, he owns a restaurant. Okay. Those flower arrangements were not cheap. The roses? That's true. But maybe he also owns a florist. (laughs) He's a Todd. (laughs) So Candy kind of shows up, I guess. Like, she's just so tired. But she's here because she has to be. Someone is like, Candy, show up. It's time. Sanya is not happy at how tired Candy is from like touring across the flipping world and just got back last night. She's not happy. And then she shades Candy in her confessional about, you know, Candy's just such a busy woman. But then she welcomed her so lovingly. Sanya is so shady behind people's backs. It's pretty gross. Drew showing up an hour and 15 minutes late. You gotta tell us why, Drew. It's totally unacceptable at this point. 
give us something real. Like what happened? What emergency happened? Um, I was so relieved when Sanya finally got up there. And <laughs> the minute she did, Kenya strolls in. And I guess, you know, she had to wait for that dress to be taken out because what a dress that was. Wow. Wow is right. I was actually really confused when, first of all, Sonia did not get up and then she did get up and she was doing the announcing, but then she announced another yes. announcer and Kenya's sitting there and I'm like, what the hell was that? Oh shit. And then Kenya doesn't even seem upset that there's another announcer. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And then Sheree's son shows up to announce an award for some reason. And then I realized that Sheree won an award and then I realized, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I did not follow the plot of the auction, but it's all good. It was a bit of an ass-kissing move on Sonia's part, I think, towards Miss Sheree. But after all of this, the actual auction began and my mind caught up and I was back on board. 100% ditto, girl, because I had no idea either. But since I'm very much Team Sheree this season, I loved that she got this award. She's so cute. She is so cute. So Sanya then gives Kenya some quick instruction. And, you know, Kenya is alarmingly confused about how an auction is held and run. And I'm like, should you guys not have maybe given her these details beforehand and not while everybody's waiting for her to get on stage? So then she immediately puts the ladies on blast and says they're all going to donate 50 grand on their own. And I love it because you know what? It worked. <laughs> Uh, I loved it too. Drew, on the other hand, did not love it because she looked horrified at the thought of spending 7000 Like, I think Drew thought she missed the whole auction by being so late. She just showed up for the food and she's like, God damn, I didn't plan that well. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. You're probably right. Like, that whole thing was shady. I don't know. This event just kind of looked a little cheap to me. Yeah. I mean, they raised 78,000, which was above and beyond. That is all thanks to Kenya. Definitely. They were right to hire her, I guess. Yes, I felt she totally missed her calling as like a preacher or something. She was very <laughs> I was into it. I'm like, "Go Kenya, I'll donate." Or a cult leader. <laughs> yes. 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 So that was about the end of the episode, but we got a preview for the rest of the season. My main kind of takeaway points here are that Sonia is pregnant and we see the divorce between Drew and Ralph and then some talk of an affair. Oh my gosh. I actually can't believe Sonia is pregnant. Good for her. This is good news and I hope this means she'll be gone next season. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> this trailer was bonkers. Wow. Okay. So Drew is kissing a female basketball player. Okay, okay. I'm here for it. Bring it on. I'm just so thankful, Narelle, to be away from the candy shooting storyline. Like, I, I'm just so happy. This looks like it's going to be a good rest of the season. Hopefully it is. And you know what? It's because this episode was, like, really light on the Marlowe. Yes. So it was a lot lighter. You're right. You're so right. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right, guys. That's Atlanta. Whoop. Yeah. Next, we will jump into Real Housewives of Orange County. Woohoo! Let's go to OC. Yeah, baby. OK, 
So, Rosie, Big Trouble in Big Sky. Here we go. Gina. Oh, Gina. We're going to start right out of the gates with Gina and Narelle because I just keep getting the impression she is coming off as not wanting to be on the show this season at all. And I absolutely respect her for being sober. And, and I, I appreciate like feeling all of the things she's suppressed. But Heather calls a spade a spade and tells Gina, you have not fully dealt with your trauma with Matt. And Gina did confirm that's true. It is absolutely true. Because Gina's saying certain things in situations trigger her. Okay, like I get that. That makes sense. It happens to everybody. But then the example that she gives is of being in a church. Because that's where she got married, in a church. I'm like, are you kidding me? If that is the level of situation that is triggering you to have like a meltdown, like what about kitchens? What about bathrooms or laundry rooms? Like you gotta get some help. No shit. I rolled my eyes when she said it to you like, a church. (laughs) Like, okay, Gina, like you really gotta chill it out here. I, I did love that Shannon apparently had an animal in her room. Like we needed to hear more about that. What was that? And why? Like, Heather didn't even question it. She's like, oh, an animal. Like, walks away. Like, I would have been like, all right, what? Where? Like, hopped up on your bed? Like, at first, I was like, is the animal Tamara? Or, like, what is she referring to? Is this a joke? But Heather's just like, oh, that's Montana for you. Unbelievable. (laughs) So then we see a clip of Jen calling Ryan. And at first, I kind of felt like, It was really about keeping up appearances. But then I started to feel really sick for Jen about being betrayed by Tamara. I have been in situations like this where someone you think is a dear friend absolutely cuts you down and you realize they were never really your friend. And I kind of feel like that's where Jen's at. And there are so many different emotions to process in this situation. I'm sad. It's pretty clear, I think, that Jen is not part of Tamara's plan to create this storyline for the show. She seems legitimately hurt and shocked. And I mean, this is coming off as betrayal by Tamara. Or I was kind of thinking like maybe Tamara is actually doing this and doing all of this so that she can secure Jen like a second season on the show because Jen is the center of the drama. She's absolutely going to be asked to come back. But I don't, I don't know. I, I felt really bad for Jen. You can tell she's really hurt. Yeah, Jen is not used to this kind of intensity, I think. But that is a good point. Mm -hmm. Like, Tamara is raising her up to be her second, basically. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I loved this part of the episode when Tamara, Jen and Taylor go whitewater rafting with Kevin and his balls. And Shannon, Gina and Heather go fishing. Heather, I was, she's so fancy about it. She's like, she thought waiters were waiters. Oh my God, I loved it. Yeah, but her comment about diction needing to be taught better in Montana really pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Yes, waiters versus waiters, they do sound similar. However, I think your ability to apply common sense and see past your own rich butt is what's lacking here though, Debro. Like why would there be waiters at the river? Don't blame your lack of worldly knowledge on some poor gentleman's accent. Go Narelle. Good point. So fancy pants. So 
Which one would you choose, Snar? Would you go fishing or would you do white water rafting? Tell me first and then I'll tell you what I would do. Oh, I would absolutely choose rafting. I'm not about, I'm not a big, not a big fisherman, fisherwoman. <laughs> I would choose rafting um, and it would go horribly awry. <laughs> That's, yeah, okay. I absolutely pictured us rafting and regretting it instantly, but also needing the adrenaline and then we would probably do it again the next day and then we would die yeah yeah in a terrible accident (laughs) a freak accident but it would be amazing suffocated by kevin's balls (laughs) (laughs) it's not that's i don't want to go out that way okay but can we also quickly compare like so the girls who went fishing let's compare them with their no waders and all the scary lobsters and the slipping on the rocks and falling and screaming. Now compare them to Luann and Sonia from Crappy Lake who just jump right into that dirty old water and like shove their hands down catfish mouths. Like I don't think that show would work with any other combination of housewives. I've been thinking about it. There's not a single other housewife who could pull it off. That is such a great way like way of thinking about it oh i can't wait to talk about crappy lake okay 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 i'll save my thoughts i know okay all right let's go back to kevin's balls okay like meatball subs on order for everyone get the waiter kevin's the waiter (laughs) so then we're (laughs) just slams them down on the table yeah (laughs) yeah dinner's up So we talk about, we're at dinner and we're talking about everyone's highs and lows. Gina thinks this is a good idea. And I'm like, oh, dear God, she just wants more storyline. Everyone looks very, very jealous when Shannon says her high was reconnecting with Tamara. I love that Heather's high was about shoveling shit with Gina. But this is so Heather trying to be relatable and also like grateful to all the the paws. So Heather basically expresses her low was jealousy. She was jealous of Shannon and Tamara. And both of them said that she isn't accurate when she says she was left out and excluded. You know, Heather said, I was left out and excluded. You guys wouldn't let me in the room. I felt very sad. And, you know, she's being demoted from main character to assistant. And that's what's happening here. Tamara is moving in. Shannon's her, her, you know, second. But Heather was super aggressive with Shannon last season. That's what happens when Heather is main character. Maybe all of these women, I don't know. But I think Heather is very, very jealous of Shannon and Tamara's relationship, period. I do kind of feel for Heather in this situation. I've been there. I think everyone has in their life at some point like three is a crowd and Heather's getting pushed out but it seems like she was only ever a placeholder to begin with like I like though that she acknowledged her privilege I did like that I'll give her props for that and I get what she was going for but it kind of came off like everyone has their place in the world and some people's place is to shovel shit so that I don't have to did not love that I get why people and probably why the women don't quite connect with Heather, say the way Tamara connects with Shannon and why they can be a little bit closer. Like Heather's just built differently. 
I do feel bad for her, but yeah, it's, it's she is going to fight for Tamara's affection. She is, because I think partially Heather felt like one of the cool kids for a while, like hanging with Tamara. And, you know, seeing those flashbacks of Heather being kind of pushed out and always an outsider, I do feel for Heather. I, I also want to acknowledge Heather is exactly who she is. And that is what I love about her. These girls just don't connect with Heather, like you said, like they do with each other. And it's not anyone's fault. I don't know. Connecting with a person like Heather, you you got to be real deep. There's surface level friends. There's happy-go-lucky friends, whatever. But if you want a real, real, real friendship, Heather, you have to be vulnerable. And I don't really think she ever is. So... She did kind of backpedal when Tamara and Shannon confronted her, though. Yeah, and then she got up from the table after that. I think she probably felt really misunderstood, too. And there's both of them kind of, you know, throwing it back at her. Like, you're wrong. Like, she's like, oh, I gotta get out of here. I think she just gave Tamara and Shannon a reason to bond even harder and seclude her even further. Because now they're both annoyed by her. Mm-hmm. It's kind of sad. I think the thing that always stands out about Heather is how true she is to herself. She has her thoughts. She's got her feelings. And she voices them. And she's she's just very practical about it. I do respect that about her. She's not someone who's gonna like hold on to that stuff and then talk about it with another housewife later. She's gonna tell you right to your face. Yeah. Yeah. Also something interesting to keep in mind though, they're stoned during this conversation. Yes, I thought about that after. I'm like, ooh. I often go down rabbit holes like this in my mind when I'm stoned, and that's why I don't like being stoned around other people because my mind will just spiral. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why she got up from the table, and then she came back and she was like, don't fairy lights make everything more magical? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, she's stoned. stoned. Right. Man, well, maybe maybe we just not Heather's best vice here. We jump over to Taylor quickly. Very little Taylor action here, but she does apologize to Heather for the IMDB incident. And Jen also apologizes to Gina for being a trigger for her. Gina starts crying and says she didn't process the divorce and the betrayal. So Shannon starts to tell Gina, you know, I'm concerned. How long will Travis tolerate this? And Heather says, yes. How long will he put up with that? And this is where Gina snaps and gets very, very angry with Heather, even though Shannon basically said the same thing. Oh, I don't know what is going on with Gina. She's using Heather as a scapegoat, but she is questioning the authenticity of Heather's friendship. Seems severe. I made the exact same note. Heather was only agreeing with what Shannon was pointing out. Literally. And then Gina basically flipped out and she's like, shut up, Heather. Like, puts it all on Heather. No mention of Shannon, who was the one that brought the subject up and was saying it in the first place. Shannon also just shut her mouth and let Heather take the entire fall herself. And then Gina made a comment, I think during a confessional. She's like, it feels as if Heather is making a spectacle out of my issues and problems. And I'm like, um, no, babe, that's you. You're doing that. Totally. She's delusional at this point. 
So the girls get back and right away we get to see Tamara with Eddie and Tamara's telling Eddie about what Ryan said to the other Heather about Ryan wanting to F Tamara. And Eddie says, you know, that's interesting because I was warned that Ryan likes to go after married women. So Tamara also reveals to Eddie that Ryan has been unfaithful to Jen. And Eddie's like, already? I hate Tamara's approach. It's kind of gossipy. Maybe she has good intentions deep down, like trying to protect Jen. This isn't the way to do it. But I, I, I do agree. I think Tamara's bought on with Ryan here. Jen and Ryan are talking and Jen's giving Ryan the lowdown. And Ryan pretends to be shocked when Jen tells him about the rumor. And then they both start blaming Heather Amon. Is that how you say it? Heather Amon is Tamara, Jen, and Ryan's friend, or former friends, I should say. So she kind of seems like the secret sauce we want, Narelle, because Jen said apparently Heather was like a sister to Ryan. And Jen and Heather parted ways when she felt Heather was sabotaging her relationship with Ryan. This seems like definitely something Jen would do. Whereas someone like you or I, Neral, if someone who was like a sister to our partner was telling us, you know, red flags, we would probably take those a little more seriously and start investigating as opposed to just blind trust. Absolutely, we would. Am I going to end my relationship like right away over a few comments that a friend makes? No, but I'm definitely going to put on my fucking detective hat. And look into it a little further. Totally. I don't know, Narell. I caught a little moment where I felt like Jen was telling Ryan, like, you know, I could say something to Tamara and Eddie, but I'm just keeping my mouth shut for now. Like, is she insinuating she has dirt on them or gossip? Oh, my God. I didn't catch that. Hmm. She said, I could say something. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if she was implying she knows something we don't oh she probably was maybe tell us jen tell us we deserve to know ryan is just so gross to me (laughs) like he is oh the worst i do agree with jen though tamra is being a crappy friend and i like that jen is kind of standing up to her and she says in a confessional like no you know she can start showing me actions But I do wish she used that same energy with Ryan. But then again, we don't really know the true inside of their relationship. What is it about a man like Ryan who has already cheated? He's already done some really gross things. What is it that Jen wants to hold on to so freaking badly? I could try and wrap my head around if he had like a really great personality or some kind of really great redeeming feature. But he doesn't seem to at all. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So we we go over to our fan fave, Gina, who's whining about Montana to Travis. Can Gina not function without Emily? Like, I'm eye-rolling at this point. Gina claims Heather is one of the very few people she has an extremely close friendship with. Like, I am going back in my mind to the beginning of the season when Heather hadn't heard from her all summer. But anyway, Gina is pissed because Heather told her not to call Travis. She's holding on to that as well. But then, you know, she said she didn't, she told me not to call you, but then she didn't check in on me afterward. 
Gina is so jealous of Heather and Tamara's friendship, which is ironic because Heather is jealous of Shannon and Tamara's <laughs> friendship. Gina has twisted this Heather thing to a point. It like it is another unbearable Gina storyline. You are projecting Gina. Stop, stop. The fact that she's even trying to paint Heather as not being supportive, that's just unfair. I think Heather, like she's supporting in the way that Heather would want to be supported. That's just her nature. She's a practical person and she's giving practical advice that she thinks is like applicable to Gina. Gina doesn't want to be practical though, or do practical things like get therapy or work through this trauma that is obviously, you know, destroying her life right now. And I'm sorry, but can I just say I cannot stand the way Gina talks and I'm talking specifically her voice. I can't absorb what she was saying when she was talking to Travis. Her whole little monologue there, I kept getting distracted because she has this like weird vocal fry accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about Gina this season in particular. I feel like her accent has gotten thicker or something. I have no idea. It's a lot of vocal fry. I don't know what's going on with Gina, man. She's having a mental breakdown, I think. But like, listen, I get it. But at some point, we got to start having fun, Gina. You are a black cloud. And honestly, maybe this is a new revelation for Gina. And maybe she didn't realize how emotional Jen's affair would make her. Uh, But baby girl, you, you need to work on this on your own. Like Heather supported you and was there for you in a way no one else was on that trip. But she can't fix this for you. Like, it almost seems so unbelievable to be so emotional about this two years later and triggered by something so small and minute. Heather probably isn't thinking it is as serious as it is for Gina, you know? Like, I will say my takeaway from the scene was Travis is an angel. I adore him. What a supportive man he is. He really was in the beginning of her monologue he was just totally silent and I'm like wow you don't need to be there at all she could be talking to herself in the mirror (laughs) but then at the end he was very supportive and very sweet and I hope she doesn't mess that up for herself Mm -hmm. I heard they're married now oh well that's good she didn't mess it up for herself then hopefully that therapy kicked in I have been waiting for this show for what seems like ages now. I was so excited when I finally sat down Sunday to watch it. And I got to say, it lived up to the hype. I'm so happy and excited to have, first of all, Sonia and Luann have always been kind of OG housewives for me. They're right up there. Probably what, like both of them are in my top five of housewives in across all the franchises. I friggin' love the show. We're one minute in to the first episode, and I'm already getting huge Simple Life vibes, huge like Shit's Creek vibes. I They're the perfect housewives for this show. They could not have casted this any better. They are so funny. They are hysterical. I have always loved Sonia so much. She is definitely one of my favorite characters in the world she is so entertaining showing up with her lipo wounds like i cannot 
Oh, and like the countess, she's never going to change. Bless her like royal heart. I love both of them. I'm yeah. so happy to have them back on our screen. I'm so happy to have them. <laughs> like it's the best. We all needed this in the Bravo verse because my goodness, my goodness. There is so much going on and it's so dark and this is the absolute best palette cleanser we could ever get. It's hysterical. It is so refreshing. It is exactly what we needed. I'm so excited to be able to recap this with you. It's probably going to be my favorite part of every podcast episode going forward. Love. I also like I loved the kind of behind the scenes beginnings where it shows like Russell the producer. So Crappy Crappy Lake is a town called Benton or it's in a town called Benton, I guess. And Russell, from what I can gather, grew up in that town and then moved away, I guess, to be like a reality TV producer. And so he's gone back to the town or the town has asked him to kind of secure a couple (laughs) celebrities, quote unquote, to help revive the town following COVID. So we got to see the beginning of that where he goes into like a town hall meeting. So he's encouraged the townsfolk like when they get here, go up and invite them to do things like I cannot wait to see how they feel about these secret celebrities because their guesses of Kim Kardashian, Vin Diesel, Jessica Alba, I'm thinking there's gonna be some confused faces. Oh my gosh, I was dying at those guesses. Like, Jessica Elba, where did you resurrect her from? I am so into this already. The livestock on the runway, Luann thinking there's like a political demonstration happening. Oh my god. Like, the people of Benton did an amazing job of pretending to know who these two were. Oh my god, and the reaction that they have to the airport shuttle that's going to be their like vehicle that they drive around in. Hilarious. So on brand. So when they like pulled up to the motel, that's when I flipped over from Simple Life to Shit's Creek. Because that is exactly the kind of motel vibe that I was picking up on. Oh, I loved Sonia when she's like, it's so vintage chic. And the only good thing she could say about the place was the roof is solid. Like, so excitedly. I was laughing because the ladies, they were kind of fighting over their rooms before seeing them. Like, this is a housewives girls trip. They're like, oh, is 22 better? Is 21 better? No, they were both god awful. Those comforters have seen some things. Like, they had to be at least 30 years old. And I noticed, like, Sonia was all tucked up in hers, not giving a fuck. But Luann has changed out her comforter to her nice, clean, light baby pink comforter. Nice and clean, honey. But Narelle, Sonia wants to get in that bathtub. Hell to the no. I can't even stand showering in a clean hotel room, let alone bathing in a bathtub in one. Okay, they they live very differently, these two ladies. Are you, Narelle, a Sonia or a Luann hotel room kind of girl? Probably Luann. Yes. (laughs) I feel like Luann's the kind of woman to go in and like, oh, no, this doesn't work here. I'm going to move this here. I'm going to organize this a little bit better for myself, like make myself comfortable, unpack my stuff. And then Sonia is just like a hurricane exploding. (laughs) I would never take a bath in a motel's tub. 
Nope. Couldn't do it. No. Nope. Couldn't do it. No, never. I think what I love so much about these ladies, they're just, they're going in and they're accepting it. They're not making anybody feel bad about like, yeah. like they joke about it. Like, oh, there's no air conditioning. Like, who do I have to fuck to get a car with air conditioning? And they're like joking about the candle in the room and like, oh, that's because a dead body died in here. Like, they're not actually saying this is disgusting. We are out of here. <laughs> yes. Yes. You hit the nail on the head. It is comedy at this point for them. They're like, okay, we're here to suffer, but we're going to have fun while we do it. So then next they are meeting up with the mayor to get their list of things to do to help the town. The reason they're there. Yeah, a new park, Christmas in July, an increase in tourism, upgrade animal shelter, end of summer performance. Both of their eyes lit up with the last one. Like, I think Leanne, oops, Leanne, I called her Leanne, just like someone else. Oh, my God. I'm going to leave that in. Yeah. Oh, my God. Luan, part of me, assumes, like, the people of Benton are, you know, big cabaret fans. (laughs) I think Luan assumes, like, everybody is a big cabaret fan. A big Luan fan. Yeah, or Big Sonia fan. <laughs> yes. And then next, we're going catfish hunting, which, honest to God, sounds like my worst fucking nightmare. Getting into water where I can't see the bottom to begin with is never going to be a good time, but shoving my hand into a mud hole at the bottom and waiting, the anticipation of waiting for like some kind of creature to like clamp down on my hand. I would have had a freaking panic attack. They are seriously such good sports. The way they jump like right into the water, Luann's graceful like swan dive and (laughs) Sonia just belly flops in. (laughs) Fucking Luann goes down and she's underwater for like five minutes it felt like. And I knew that this woman was not going to come back up without a catfish on her arm and she did. It was the most (laughs) Luann thing ever. Oh my god. I love Luann. Like, she thinks she is hysterical, which makes her even more funny. Like, when she did her impression of her mom, like, she's cackling away to herself and everyone else is like, yeah, yeah, good, good joke, Luann. <laughs> uh, she just cracks me up. But, dude, all I was thinking about was Sonia's lipo wounds as she jumped into that nasty ass water. <gasps> that's oh my god right there she said they were oozing still like oh i can't even think about it ew they were open yes they were open dude that's like sewer water i hope she's fine (laughs) there has to be a better way to catfish than this like there has to be so you wouldn't go noodling (laughs) noodling only sonia could turn something so repulsive so sexual within minutes do you think she touched the D? I think she may have. I definitely would not be surprised if she did. Oops. Like, that's the only kind of noodling <laughs> Sonia's going to do. Yes. yes. When Luann was down there, I held my breath. Like, it felt like she was down there for hours. She's so impressive. She literally is the kind of person who, like, just has to, like, she does it right the first time. I don't think I would have spent the entire lake or the entire day on Crappy Lake and I wouldn't have been able to successfully noodle a single time. I don't even know if I'd be able to get in. No, I know. We would be 
I would get in and then I'd be screaming so much <laughs> that it would scare the shit out of you and you'd yes. stay in the boat. Yes. Yeah, that's spot on. But that's what I love about them. Like they just, they don't take yeah. themselves too seriously. They're there for a good time. And they don't care how they really look. No. They're, and there's not like a big like competitive mm-hmm. nature between the two of them. I think that's why they're so enjoyable to watch. We don't get that at all anymore. So true. Anywhere. In any of the franchises. I don't really know why they had to split it up into two episodes. Like, and then they play them right after the other. Why not just make one long episode? But anyways, we're just going to go straight into episode two now. Yes. The guy, (laughs) it's the next morning. I guess they go home after the noodling adventure and they went to bed and they woke up the next morning. And the garbage man, or the man who, I don't know, works at the motel and came to get the garbage, he arrives to Sonia's room and immediately points out the dildo <laughs> charging station. And then Sonia's, like, trying to cover it up. She puts a bag over it. She gets ready. They both get ready. They go to leave. And Sonia, the way she just, like, walks past the car, and she's like, nope, not that again. <laughs> Not go through that again. And Lewis like, this is our car, babe. Like, we gotta go. I kind of think they should have traded it in for that theater scooter, though, that they found when they got there. Like, that thing rips. Oh, my God. Yes, they should. Uh, everything seems pretty close by in, a, in proximity, so they'd be fine. <laughs> but the way Sonia walked right past that car, she's like, oh, no, not that again. Like, it was too much for me. I was howling... Seeing these women dressed in their heels and designer sequence dresses in with the backdrop of their crappy hotel rooms, it's like too much for me. It's hysterical. Um, I saw the humidity is 90%. <laughs> no, thank you, ma'am. Oh no, no. my god, I am not wearing sequins in 90% humidity. Hell no. So they get to the theater, they you know commandeer the theater scooter thing, and they're zipping around in that thing Luann I guess they sit down with Bill the theater manager right away Luann suggests a variety show because it does make sense but it was always going to come down to some kind of variety show or cabaret or I cannot wait to see what Luann and Sonia put together for their own like contribution to the show you know it's going to be good so excited And I loved that Bill is not what they were expecting. The theater director. Like, he's just standing there, arms crossed, his white socks pulled all the way up, you know, his old running shoes, and his fabulous Hawaiian shirt. He's very unimpressed when Luann not so subtly brags about her cabaret and three-piece band. And, like, you know, his wife was mad stressed that morning. Getting out his good shirt and his good shorts and she's ironing that. Like, you know, this is a big deal. Like, Bill seems super skeptical when Luhan and Sonia start talking about all the plans. And I don't blame him one bit. I would be skeptical, too. When Sonia described who she was expecting, just this, like, fabulous, like, city. It sounded like she was describing somebody from New York City. I'm like, girl... That is so cute, though, to imagine Bill's wife. And she is the violin teacher for the town. That's right. She probably had to postpone some violin lessons to get that ironing done. Get Bill looking <laughs> ready for the show. 
Biffy. So after they leave yeah. the theater, they're pretty hungry or hangry, as they put it. Uh, they're looking for food, but more importantly, they're looking for men. They stop at the fire department to shop around, and Luann finds herself a tasty little snack right away. The poor guy, though, like he looked like a deer in the headlights. Oh my god, these women are so damn horny. I thought things start settling down around their age, but apparently not. Um, I laughed when the, I, I don't know who it was, the main uh, firefighter we were talking to, he goes, you ladies sure look like you're dressed for success today. And I couldn't stop. Like, so innocent. And they're just so mesmerized by these two <laughs> crazy ladies. And Luann flirting with GQ Alex. How do you stay in shape? Like this man, Norell, you're right. Deer in the headlights is perfect. He was petrified. And he would not make eye contact with her. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Kenya. <laughs> Kenya, there you go. I was cringing, but laughing so hard because she was going in on him. And he knew it. I, I don't know. Maybe the cameras freaked him out. We also had that that guy say, you know, Sonia and, and Leanne, I think it is. <laughs> like, give this man his own show. I was dying. I love it. He was the only one that was actually <laughs> kind of like conversing with them. GQ Alex, yes. when she was like, Luann's like, so do you like to party? And GQ Alex is like, yeah, parties are nice. They're good. They're great. They're fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's so Stop uncomfortable. It. But also, probably incredibly flattered. And then she's like, well, you should come, you know, have a party back at my hotel room later. Like, And he's like, I've got work to do, ma'am. <laughs> I can't. Like, oh, my God. I had to look away at one part. I'm like, I can't watch. Oh, she's like lifting weights. Like, this is how I do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Is this how you do it, Alex? And then they got a truck update. Oh, yay. Finally. I wonder if it's because uh, I felt bad. Maybe it was always the plan. Maybe it was like they were testing them. I don't know. Looks like a pretty nice truck. You better believe that truck's got air conditioning. The ladies are happy. And then we're off to the variety show auditions. And you know what? They were everything I wanted them to be and more. The girl with like the saw makeup and the interpretive horror dance and Sonia's reaction to it. <laughs> oh, that was an instant classic. Yes. Well, you know what? Mayor Fred saved the day with the new truck and the AC. Good thing because I think Sonia has run out of underwear. Cackle. I was cackling when Sonia said, you know, we're going to have a lot of additions because people want to meet me, you know, everywhere I go. And she lists all these different countries. They roll into an empty parking lot. <laughs> and so then they see Bill again. And Bill seemed a little miffed, like the ladies didn't warn him to pull out his second fancy shirt for audition day. He wasn't prepared. He's like, you ladies sure look fancy. Oh, Luann, when the violin, the violinist comes out and does her beautiful performance, she leans over to Bill and says, makes me want to get into a Roman bath and eat grapes. Like as if Bill could relate Luann. <laughs> oh my God. The perfect amount of like out of touch while still being yeah. incredibly relatable. Yeah. 
I cannot believe that they were not more impressed with the interpretive horror dance. For real. To be honest, like, I think that was my favorite. I did like the little boy on the unicycle. I agree. He definitely makes a cut. Great talent all around. Yeah, I put them all on the show. For sure. I mean, they have no choice. (laughs) At this point, you're right. (laughs) They only have, that was three people, I think, so. (laughs) (laughs) Next, they head back to the hotel and, or motel, I'm sorry, it's not a hotel. (laughs) Head back to the motel and they're getting ready for their first night out. And you know where they're going? The new happening hot barn. They're going to the barn. Mm-hmm. Sonia quickly takes to a very, you know, nice looking young man. <laughs> and she convinces him, you know, to take his shirt off. <laughs> reaction. She's standing behind him as this man removes his shirt. And she has the exact same reaction that I did. Because printed in bold on this man's back is the tattoo, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> which he has already said his last name is Richard, Richard, Richard. I think. <laughs> like literally one second before. And my first thought was, oh my, I still thought he had got his own first name tattooed on his back. <laughs> we went, like, who's Richard? <laughs> oh my God. And this thing is the width of his shoulder blades. Like it is massive. Yeah, it's not subtle. No. <laughs> Who gets their surname tattooed on their back to that? Like it's massive. Oh, a lot of people. A lot of people. Really? I find that so yeah odd. But do you know who should not do it is someone whose last name is Richard and it's spelled <laughs> like Richard because <laughs> I don't know. That's a great idea. Who's Richard? Oh. Oh he probably gets that everywhere he goes. I'm sure. Okay, and I wanted to ask you, what does this barn remind you of? Oh, okay, I'm gonna drop actual locations here. First thing I thought of was Frosty's in Maple Falls, Washington. The second one was the Highwayman Pub in Abbotsford, BC. Whoa. Together, we have the barn. I was definitely thinking Frosty's and our all of our wild and crazy times at Frosty's. Oh, yes. But you're right. Highwayman. Yep. Big time. <laughs> I thought, you know, or a serial killer's basement. Um, was my other third option. It did have those vibes. That's where Sonia's going to at the end of the episode when <laughs> yeah. she hops into Richard's truck. <laughs> She's off to what? a killer, killer's basement. I was howling because the women, so when they, you know, Billy Richard introduces himself and says, like, he's only in town for the weekend, the women that are with him, as soon as they see Sonia, like, sit down, they're like, God damn it. We thought Billy Richard was going to be ours for the weekend. We thought we were going to get laid. And then she's just like sitting there adjusting her cleavage. And she is so nonchalant. Like that. She is shameless. Yeah. Shameless. Shameless. It's unbelievable. I love it. Not my style whatsoever. And I love how she's like, you know, he's totally my type. He's very disinterested. I love it. I love it. okay there's some drama it's exactly what i look for in a man yeah i loved goatee man too when uh richard took off his shirt he's like look at me i could do the same thing 
Like, absolutely wild. I think a lot of those people were at Frosty's Pub, Neural. I think they've just moved. Yeah. So. I think we met them. I think we met them. We've partied with these people. Oh, yes. We have partied with these people. <laughs> I want to go. We didn't go noodling with them, though. No. We did no, not we... do any noodling. There nope. was no noodling. There was not. At maybe, maybe once, but maybe twice. But it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. We don't need to keep score of that. Um, but, you no. know, I could tell at the end of the episode, like, Luann knows Sonia is locked and loaded onto Billy Boy there. And you could see, like, concern and entertainment in her voice. Like, you can hear yeah. it. She's, she's like, okay. Oh yeah, there's amusement there. There's there's concern, but there's also like you know what, I've seen this a thousand times before. <laughs> She's gonna be fine. You know? yes. I mean, they're obviously. I would say if Billy's in for town for like the weekend or the week or whatever, they're just gonna go back to Sonia's hotel mm-hmm. room, motel room. Mm-hmm. And as we've probably all have heard, because Sonia released this as a statement. She busted open one of her liposuction stitches <gasps> while having sex with this man. Shut up. I did not hear that. Oh, my God. You didn't? No. Yep. <gasps> yep. Oh, God. So she so goes disgusting. swimming with her open wounds oh, in Crappy Lake and <laughs> <laughs> no. goes to the barn, meets herself a Billy, takes him <sighs> back to her motel room. Has sex of a nature that is rambunctious enough to pop open one of those stitches. She has no cares. I, no. I, I, I'm impressed. I, I am very impressed. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did think I saw Billy in next week's episode. Oh. He takes them out into the mud. <laughs> All I saw was mud and Billy. Oh well, I'm excited to see what go what went down with Billy and me too. See these ladies back in the mud. Yes, Billy. Oh boy, that man's famous now. I yeah, love it. This was definitely my favorite. Like of all the episodes we recapped, everything we watched this week, these were hands down my favorite. You go from like a dark comedy horror slash horror movie with Atlanta to like Step Brothers. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> you know. It's a variety show in itself, so I think that's what we've been missing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These characters are wonderful. I would love for Bravo to do this with other housewives going forward. I just don't think it would work. Like, I love this format, but I just don't. Mm -hmm. Something similar, but maybe not so rough and tumble, they might be able to do with other housewives. Yes, agreed. Like, I'm trying to think of, you know, say Ramona. Oh, boy. Could you imagine Ramona? She would have been a nightmare. The whole thing would have been her complaining and yeah, yeah, nothing would ever happen because she would just be like bitching about it. No, there's no way. But you know who actually would be probably willing is Teresa. I bet she would get down the dirty. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Who would we put with her? I don't think anyone from Jersey. (laughs) No, Louie. Just kidding. No, no. No, no, not Louis, no. Fuck. Well, this was so much fun, Raul. Thank you. I'm so excited for next week. Yay! I know, me too. This was so much fun. But until then, stay truthful.
and not hopeless. Yay! Thank you guys. We really appreciate it and we hope you had fun with us. Love you. Peace.